This is a podcast from SPH Radio. Generation Gap with Elliot Danker. Hi, I'm Elliot Danker and welcome to Generation Gap. With different generations now entering the workforce, it's important to understand how to work with each other better. Well, this podcast deals with the various issues the different generations face in the workforce, things like needs, goals, and managing conflict. Well, today, we're going to be talking about managing expectations with a cross-generational team. And helping me out is Jaya Das, Managing Director of Malaysia and Singapore at Randstad. Jaya, thanks so much for helping me out. Hi, Elliot. Nice to be on the podcast with you. It's a pleasure to, to kind of discuss this topic because it's something a lot of companies are also kind of facing uh, on how they manage it, particularly when you're looking at situations of work from home right now uh, and how you p- pull an organization together with such a varied task force or, or a workforce. Well, yeah, it is interesting if you think about it. A lot of the time it starts off with setting expectations or standards within the team. What are your thoughts on setting expectations or meeting expectations uh, in terms of the challenges when it comes to a cross-generational team? I think you need to first look at it on the underlying assumptions that happen, right, when you look at a multi-generational uh, workforce. The first part is this is a, a new scenario. Never before have we had such a, a wide-ranging age category in the workforce of almost five different generations operating together. If you then think about their habits and their behaviours, it comes from different experiences and different expectations they have of life. The first one that is a very obvious uh, red flag that companies need to kind of address is the different ways in which each of the generation communicates. So if you think about the baby boomers and and people of older age category, uh, even to some extent right now, you see this pattern of behavior with Generation X as well, where uh, technology or communicating through technology is just a form or a means of convenience. So when they message or they WhatsApp or they basically follow something on social media, it's kind of doing it because everyone else is doing it and they're somewhat tuned in if, if they, they're sort of a bit more advanced. But apart from that, it still doesn't form their preference or their main medium of communication. That age category still takes meetings face-to-face, uh, conducts face-to-face conversations and discusses issues on a personal level rather than using technology to communicate particularly when it comes to conflict handling, and it's a lot more confrontational, but that's what they were used to. And in fact, when they then digress to using technology, for them, it is really taking a step back in not having the nuances that they are used to in reading body language and how the other party responds and things like that. And even for me, I would say I would still prefer to meet, you know, people in my life face-to-face than to do a full-on communication with them through WhatsApp or phone calls or messaging. But if I were to look at the younger generation, their communication patterns are the polar opposite of that. Face-to-face meetings are kept purely when they need to happen, or communication for that matter. People are comfortable conducting an entire relationship through uh, messenger feeds, through WhatsApp, and all sorts of other social media platforms. And they exist in each other's lives purely through social media interaction. So if you think about these lifestyle habits, they are very likely to translate in behavior even at the workforce. Uh, so if uh, if an older generation boss kind of wants to have a meeting with his staff, he expects to pull everybody into a room to physically sit in the same place to look at them and have a heavy conversation. And for him or her, it'll be unheard of if you know an employee what steps them a serious conversation about salary or career progression or something that's of conflict. Whereas if you look at the younger generation, that behavior actually makes them feel secure or protected. They'll be like, I'd much rather approach this topic with you from the safety of my phone or my computer then have to sit in front of you and confront you. So these behaviors already create the complexity of what's expected in the first place of how they go about doing their job. I think 
that itself is something that an organization has to address on what is the effective form of communication first. Then you start to get into the concept of expectations where everybody is aligned to the same thing, regardless of those differences. Yeah, I think that's an all too familiar point. You see a lot of the younger generation and how the phone or the screen of the phone tends to be a bit of a security blanket. Uh, for me personally, I used to work as an investigator, so I am trained in reading body language. And I've found that the younger generation, you know, be it millennials or strawberry generation, they seem to have this problem, you know, uh, catching the nonverbal cues. Uh, for you personally, and what are your thoughts on this? How do you get a team of younger people from a managerial point of view, how do you get them to observe body language more so much so it encourages them to have more face-to-face communication? That's definitely a very interesting conversation topic in itself when you think a little bit about how you basically motivate people, read people, uh, and kind of you know move the needle a little bit with the younger generation because what they grow up with is basically this concept to some extent of more idealization than the older generation workforce. If you just look at uh, common literature or what people subscribe to these days, the element of social media promotes the concept of a lot more homogenous behavior than heterogeneous. There is one line that everybody kind of prescribes to, you know, I I personally call that the Kim Kardashian era, uh, where she set this whole tone of how you, you exist on social media and therefore maintain your profile on social media. So people all have a set standard that they kind of prescribe to and adhere to. So a lot of the younger generation, the strawberry generation, the millennials, they tend to kind of hide their individualism or identity because they want to have a sense of acceptance around it. So sometimes I think managers need to recognize when they're dealing with this generation that they have a surface behavior that they think is acceptable or what the norm is so they can identify. And you need to take a a little bit more time and an effort to get to know what is underneath. You've got to learn how to pop the hood with them. Whereas I think the older generation workforce grew up in, a, in an environment where you differentiated yourself by default because there wasn't one common denominator to kind of prescribe to. No one set the standard that way. And even if you think about literature in the older days, it, it kind of talks about the diversity in the human population. And I'm getting into the parts so of when you look at, uh, you know, uh, things like your Shakespeare and all this sort of stuff where people talk about uh, understanding characters by the surface of how they dress, what they look like and so on. There isn't a set standard to prescribe to. So the the idealization or the socialization process is very, very different. Uh, To some extent, they wear their heart on their sleeves, I think, a lot more. And what you see is what you get. But with the younger generation, there's this this need to look cool, to kind of prescribe to something that they look like with everybody else as a standard. I I think getting to know them on their terms, which sounds like a a hard basket task, but that's where the answer lies. Uh, If you spend time with such an individual, you will actually find out what matters to them, where they differ from the norm, how they feel that their life is trending and what work means as a result. And therein lies that the next complexity probably is an answer to your question. Uh, The older generation always kind of says work comes first and then life wraps around it. And we grew up like that. I was trained that way. I think with the younger generation, it's the other way around. My life and my sense of me comes first and then work is a secondary afterthought. And if it doesn't kind of flow with, with what I want to do with my life, I will leave my job and think of alternatives. The older generation will basically kind of wince at that idea, right? And said, what do you mean you quit without a plan? What do you mean that work comes second? That, that's supposed to rule your life. So all of these are the assumptions I talked about earlier on that already color how you enter a conversation. Being a, You can't change these. It, it, it is what it is. And people grow up that way and it's as part of who they are. But being aware of it makes you take different uh, methods to try and get through to people, I guess. (laughs) Since when is life ever up to our own choices? Uh, Jaya, 
I used to work as a lecturer and my students would constantly check up on me via my social media feed and basically that would judge whether I was cool to them or not. Uh, what are your thoughts on the future of hiring in this post-COVID world? Because now you have a case of hirers looking at potential employees via their social media feed and vice versa, right? Whether I am comfortable working for this person as a boss, I would check out his or her social media feed. And with the comfort of a screen, something we're starting to get used to, you think we'll have a case of, you know, more people going for interviews a lot more confident simply because maybe interviews are conducted over the screen now? Yeah, look, I certainly think so. I, I think a screen can both enable you to come across more confidently and, and feel that you are in the safety of your own space to articulate what you want. It also can impede you from being your authentic self, uh, where you feel that some of the, the nuances that you have in connecting with a person emotionally and showing empathy and all of those things are kind of lost by not being able to do that when you're not in front of them. So it really depends on how comfortable people get with it. Um, the social media presence that people have in this investigation thing, this is a really, really interesting one because in the last two years, I've seen more and more uh, advisory or, or concepts of the fact that people ought to try and maybe even create two social media profiles, one that is work friendly and the other one that you tend to keep more private for the really your inner circle of people who know you. Uh, and that's because you get judged so much by it. Uh, so it's, it's a very interesting one to teach people how to kind of have that line between what's okay on a personal level and then what's required on a prof professional level. Uh, but I certainly think that the last couple of months have sort of created a new dynamic on how people will interact. I, I know there are people in workforce at the moment who've never done anything through technology before. The concept of a Zoom call, um, you know, frightens them. Uh, and they wonder about, you know, what do, what do I look like in front of a camera? Can they hear me? You know, where should I place my screen? What do I look like? The very basic questions um, you, you see people with 20 years of work experience asking. So I certainly think this period has kind of sort of merged the, the generations in a very different way because it's become one common denominator. So it will be very interesting to see how things change in the next two years. My security blanket is very simple. Turn off video only have audio. <laughs> um, I want to talk about mindset change, sort of a cultural shift as well. I mean, how do we meet halfway? How does, especially during this COVID situation, if there's anything we've learned, how does the younger generation have that mindset shift to meet the older generation? And at the same time, the older generation having that mindset shift to meet the, gener the younger generation halfway? This is a, a really interesting question, Elliot, because it's, a, it's also a personal one for me. Our office basically has a large population of, of young people, those who are in their early 20s. Uh, they sometimes come and join us as their first job out of university. Uh, and I come with about a 20 and a bit years of work experience. So a lot of the times, how I think and what I feel is not exactly what is in their mind or how they see the world. So I've had to teach myself a lot to kind of relate to them and find ways to communicate that helps them understand it. And somewhere in that process, I've come to realize that they won't have any appreciation for me unless I find a way to educate them what my years of experience or age can bring to the equation. I think one of the most powerful tools of honest is actually storytelling. Um, I find that it's, it's, um, it's a bit cliche, but it works really well when people kind of sit around you to listen to what you've gone through and what you've experienced. And I think the younger generation has a lot of respect for that and actually want to learn that lessons without having to go through that experience themselves. So I think this a concept of time is very different between the two. 
the younger generation wants things instantly. It's really instant gratification, right? I'm not going to hang around to wait for something to materialize. Plus, because of their global connections and how they can see and do everything at the same time, they want to be able to experience something vicariously through other people without having to take the time to go through themselves. Whereas with the older generation, there's this underlying belief that in order for you to, you know, sort of be really credible and be worth your while, you need to have been tested through the fire, to have gone through the rungs yourself, to have done time. These are some of the limiting beliefs we have. So the, the gap between the two or bridging that two, I really think it's about transferring that experience to, to the younger generation. I also sometimes see that um, there are some you know, major speakers or people who have opinions on this and they call it out. And one of my favorite ones is actually Simon Sinek. I find him very uh, refreshing in terms of what he shares. And there's a specific one that he does where he talks, he calls out the younger generation and says, you know, there's some things that you can't take a shortcut to. And I think if, if an older generation boss or employee or colleague feels that way, you are well within your rights to educate people and say exactly that. So sometimes I make that comment when my team asks me, oh, but Jay, you know, how do I learn to do this? And how do I learn to do that? I say some things you can learn quickly without having to go through the years, but X, Y, and Z, you can't because you had to do time to get there. And my younger self wouldn't have been able to do it. So sometimes I think you just need to say it for what it is so that they learn to respect and appreciate how the older workforce operates or what, what their expectations are. Well, that's well put. I guess sometimes it's really just about being honest. Jaya, in our next episode, I want to touch on a very sensitive topic, the topic of ageism. I know you guys at Randstad have done a survey on this, and I'd like to get into the details of it. Really, I want to talk about being aware of the generational differences and how we can potentially avoid generational bias. I'm speaking with Jaya Das, Managing Director Malaysia and Singapore at Randstad. Generation Gap is a production of SPH Radio. It's hosted and produced by Elliot Danker. You can also find us on iTunes, Google Podcast, and streaming on Google Home. Listen to more of our podcasts at sphradio/podcast. And if you have feedback for us, send it to podcast at sph.com.sg.